0: You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 78. Today, I'm sitting down with the royal shaman Mikozi, and we're talking all about the inner game of entrepreneurship. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up coach? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson, and I cannot be more excited to bring this episode to you. So I got to the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing the Royal Shaman, Mukosi. Now, I should have asked her how to say her last name, and I will not butcher it here, but I will definitely link it in the show notes so that you can easily find her, plus all the ways to access and connect with Mukosi. Now, I have had this recorded for weeks now. And I have been so nervous to do this intro because honestly, friends, I really cannot wait to get this episode out to you. I'm so excited. And uh, if you have never heard of her before, know that it is a really big deal that she is a guest on the show. I cannot be more excited to introduce her to you. So she is an authentic African shaman who specializes in personal development and energetic alignment. She is a human potential expert and spiritual ascension master. Mikosi helps individuals create Create powerful transformations that amplify success and fuel extraordinary growth through her groundbreaking energetics of euphoria modality. And I will, I'm going to link up all of the ways that you can connect with her, learn from her and take her quiz that she shares with us at the end of this episode. But honestly, this episode, and the reason why one of the main reasons why I've been so excited to get it out to you is because there are so many people that struggle. And I know that I've been in that boat where I feel like I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm moving moving the dial. I'm, I'm doing exactly what my mentors are telling me to do. I'm doing all of the right. And I putting right in quotation marks because that's subjective, which we do talk about and dive into in this episode, but sometimes it can be hard to identify the invisible, the missing piece, the success- that is required to get to the next level. And Mukozy has worked with multiple millionaires and multiple people who are, are going to the next level and helps them identify what is holding them back and break through to the next level. And she shares a little bit about that and how she does that inside of this episode. And if you're asking yourself, what is a shaman? Don't worry. She's going to share with us exactly what that means, what that means for her, how she got the calling gives us a lot of insight into her background. And honestly, enough blabbering from me. Let's go ahead and roll that interview. Makozi, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you doing? I am having a fabulous morning. How are you? I'm doing so good. Just before we hit record, I was telling you how excited I am to bring you to the show. You have such a wealth and depth of knowledge that I just cannot wait to bring to my people. So I'm excited to dive in. Me too. Okay. So for those of you who are in the audience and you have not met McCosey, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because every time I try and like put my finger
1: on something, it evolves. And um, I really allow myself to just go with the flow where where the universe is taking me and what people are seeing. So as of right now, uh, so many people are now calling me a mystical money mentor and flow expert. And I bring those gifts to the space of Entrepreneurship. I I really bring energetic alignment and abundance to that space. So I am a fully initiated shaman, but I also have over a decade of experience in sales, marketing, management, business development. And so I really blend the two to support people in creating a, a business and a life
0: that is in ease, in flow, and in euphoria. I love that. Okay. Now, can you share with us a little bit about what exactly is a shaman? Yes. So there's so much uh, misconception around what a shaman is because we're really
1: missing a lot of cultural context when we go to dictionary.com because I know I mean, really, do we own dictionaries anymore? Um, (laughs) People go there and they're like, oh, okay, so a shaman is blank. But really there's a cultural understanding that's that's kind of been missing. And that is that the shaman is really the bridge between the physical and the non-physical realm. And we go through a process of initiation in order to be really good stewards of the spiritual health of people which manifests in every area of their life so in indigenous or in ancient systems the shaman was one of the most important roles because they were responsible for the aspect of of people and also of the community their, their spiritual health, which then filtered into um, how their physical health was, how their mental health was, um, the financial prosperity and abundance of, of the people and how cohesive they, they worked together. So that is my role. Um, now my role is more um, for large numbers of people. So it's not so much about one-on-one, but it really is about Bringing in this new paradigm, this new way of being, especially as it as it relates to business, changing how business is done.
0: Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. This is amazing. So I'm just curious for you specifically. How is it that you're able to connect the spirit, living in a very spiritual way? Into the 3D, into the idea of, you know, marketing and into, you know, business management. I mean, I feel like anyone who's been around a lot of spiritual healers, there sometimes is almost a a disconnect from the, the 3D world. How are you able to manage that? Yeah,
1: I would say that my my greatest gift in this world is bringing the conceptual into the practical everyday life. I'm really able to see um, to see patterns, to see how things connect. I see the interconnectedness of everything. So whenever I'm looking at certain spiritual principles and spiritual understandings, um, I immediately look for how does that show up on a micro or individual level. And then also going vertically, like all the way up, how does that show up in education? How does that show up in business? How does that show up in politics and, and, um, intercultural, uh, communications and on and on and on. And also on an individual level, how is that spiritual principle, um, showing up in your, uh, in your mindset, in your relationships, In your marketing, like Mm -hmm. I can just see how really it's the fractal nature of existence as above, so below.
0: Mm. Okay, okay. Can you expand a little bit more on what you mean by as above, so is below?
1: Yeah, so we had this, I say we had, we still have this understanding um, in ancient spiritual systems that all of the universe is contained within every small aspect. And you can understand the entire universe by understanding one small aspect, but that each of us are an expression of the universe just in different ways, but we all contain the same components. So everything that can be applied on one level can be
0: applied to another level. Amazing. <laughs> okay, great. Love that. Now, so along this, this vein, you know, how does one become a shaman? Are you called as since we're all, you know, here to do different things? Like how is this something like someone just that wakes up one day and says, okay, I'm going to be a shaman and then becomes one. How does that process work?
1: Yeah, that's, not how this works at all. It's not like uh, you turn 18 and they're like, all right, here's a list of things you can become. And you just have to hit the shaman check mark. (laughs) Check shaman. It is not at all like that. I for sure never had any intentions of um, going down this path. It was not on my radar at all, but it truly is a calling. I, I believe that all of us are called to something But this um, particular path has a certain kind of unfolding that begins to manifest, usually in in the physical realm. There's either mental health and or some physical problems that begin coming up that essentially are like undiagnosable type of things begin popping up that that don't, um, that aren't really helped by modern medicine, which kind of forces you to, go to the outskirts of, go outside of what the norm is. And so there's a natural unfolding where you are really guided to certain places and certain people. And then it has to be confirmed by what we call diviners, which are shamans who are able to read energy and really to see like, what is happening spiritually, what is your calling, so on and so forth. And then based off of that confirmation, then you undergo a, an initiation process. So I've gone through a total of eight initiations spanning over five years. And each initiation has not only the ceremonial aspect, which is kind of like the final component, but there's, an education and a becoming a transformation that's happening in that experience where you're becoming the person who can carry this responsibility or who can connect and there's there's testing to make sure that your spiritual abilities are on par <laughs> in order for you to be able to move on this isn't like college where you go as long as you you know get at least a C can get out in this many years it could take whatever length of time it needs to take and it's very very difficult and um potentially dangerous because not everyone makes it through the process
0: oh that sounds intense (laughs) very intense Yeah, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you use your energy work and your spiritual work when you're working with entrepreneurs and how you're able to facilitate that bridge when you're working with them.
1: Yeah, so it's always evolving and I allow myself to be um, intuitively guided. For me, a lot comes through sight and then also a lot just comes through knowing what to do and a lot of patience. Um, a whole, whole lot of patients. So whenever I'm working with, with clients, my first and foremost, uh, pillar is myself is my maintaining my own connection. At this point, there's not a separation for me between what is, uh, spiritual and what is not, I now live my life in intuition, And so allowing that to guide me to, okay, what does this person need? Maybe there's dreams that come through that show me what's going on with a certain person. Um, Certain messages can just pop up in the middle of uh, maybe I'm doing a call and then there's a specific message trying to come through for someone. And I just relay that. It can also look like um, if need be holding ceremony for those I'm working with. But for the most part, on the surface level, it can just look like teaching. <laughs> That's what it looks like on the surface. And then there's an energetic level where certain things begin to manifest in their in my clients' physical lives. Um, certain synchronicities. It could also look like certain uh, things being perched, <laughs> almost like. They're, they're releasing um, or shedding an old identity that's no longer serving them. So there's multiple layers of things that are, that are
0: happening all at once. Mm, I love that. Okay. So one of the things that you said for you specifically, as you were talking about your sense of intuition and how you really lead, let your intuition lead you. Now, is this something that is shaman specific or could someone develop their intuition? What specifically is that and how would they know that they're doing it? So
1: all of us have access to intuition. It's, it's kind of like how we all have the ability to breathe, Right. It's just an innate aspect of being a human. However, there are levels to this, right? It's like, there are some people who can hold their breath underwater for insane amounts (laughs) of time, right? And some of that is an innate gifting for them to be able to do that. And there's also a component of training where they train themselves, they exercise, they practice it regularly. And then that expands on their innate ability. So all of us have access to intuition, but our, our main understanding is that um, the feminine or uh, feminine identified beings are more intuitive and more connected with spirit because of um, our role, our responsibility and bringing bringing forth life and also embodying yin qualities or what people would refer to as feminine qualities. Um, and the biggest piece that people have to understand is that you don't have to necessarily focus on growing your intuition directly. So here, because we approach everything from a yang or masculine way. We're like, what do I need to do in order to develop my intuition? And the feminine lives in, or the intuition lives in the feminine, which is more passive, more indirect. So what you actually do to activate your intuition is to remove and let go of the things that are keeping your intuition from being naturally fully expressed. It's an indirect way. So you have to release certain ways of being, certain ways of perceiving that keep your intuition quiet.
0: How do you do that? And I'm laughing because I'm such a masculine energy, right? I am literally like, you know, it's one of the things I wanted to work on this year was really exploring that feminine side because I'm so like, okay, what are we going to do? Let's do da, 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 da said that, I was like, oh yeah, I've literally had that exact thought.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So what's interesting about yin and yang or feminine and masculine is all of us contain both aspects and just in varying degrees. So those of us, uh, myself included, I actually have quite a bit of yang in my, in my energy because of the role. If you're here to be a leader, um, That usually will fall, certain qualities are necessary for you to lead and they're going to fall under the yang energy. The problem is when we are too much in an energy that is not in the highest alignment. And just in general, this is a hyper yang or hyper masculine society and nature, it's, it's the stark opposite. <laughs> nature is mostly yin. That's why we call it mother nature. Mother Earth. Our natural way of being is more yin or, or feminine. So <laughs> so sorry, I've got a little tickle in my throat because I'm like laughing at the same time. <laughs> <talking. That's> right. <laughs> it's like hitting home,
0: right? Um, now I've done got distracted. What were we talking about? We were talking about, you know, how do you access that yin energy, especially, and we were joking about me because I'm so, you know, like, well, how do you do it? Step one, step two, step three, which is such a yay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how you actually do it at first looks like doing nothing. <laughs> it's really the hardest part that my, my clients especially really struggle with when they come in is they're so used to overthinking, overanalyzing, analyzing um, over over-strategizing, right? And so the feminine aspect, the yin requires space, mm-hmm. lots of space and lots of presence and being. So usually whenever I bring someone in, there's a period of time where Usually at first, it looks like they are doing nothing. And what we're doing is allowing everything that needs to be cleared out to show up and to become, um, and to come into their awareness. Because when you're in your hyper yang, all of these things are, are, are there, but you're just not present to them. You're not present to what is actually blocking you. You're not present to the ways of being that you're that you are exhibiting meaning character traits or your your the energy that you're operating in is not actually in alignment with number 1 who your soul is trying to be or who that who your heart is trying to be and also not in alignment with the forms of abundance that are trying to come in that's where the blocks come from.
0: Amazing. So how do you know, how does one really know? Cause we hear things like ways of being and alignment. So I'm just curious in your opinion, you know, how do you know whether someone is in, and how does someone determine whether or not they're in alignment or, and, and, and how do they, how do, so how do they know when they're in alignment and I'm forgetting the second part. It'll come to me, but um, we can start there. How do they know yeah. they're in alignment? Oh, yes, I remember. And ways of being. And ways of being. Okay. What are some common ways of being that are going to serve them when they know they're in alignment?
1: Yeah. So your ways of your being or your characteristics, um, for many many years, psychologists thought you couldn't change your identity or your personality. That it was you know, set in stone, and that's like who you are, but you can absolutely evolve your personality or your identity or your or your ego, if we're talking from a spiritual understanding of, of what um, that aspect of you is. So when you are in alignment, what you experience, your, your experience of life is very little external resistance. So what that means is whenever it will almost look kind of like magic, (laughs) it's not magic, but it will look like magic because um, you are in flow, you're living in flow. So we've all had moments of time, right? You're a personal trainer, you've been in flow before, you're working out and all of a sudden time collapses. You are like fully present in your body and you're not worried about the future. You're not dwelling on the past, but you are fully in that moment. And what happens is th- there's you're able to do, it looks like you're doing more. You can lift heavier or you can move faster, right? Because you're in the zone. Mm. right? Mm. You're in the zone. So this is like, living your life in the zone where yeah (laughs) I mean could you imagine I yeah so that's what I mean like there's not a separation between like when you get to this stage there's not a separation between when you're being spiritual and when you're not because to be spiritual is to be in spirit inspired in flow like that but that is how your life moves. So you no longer experience, uh, external resistance, which is, you know, opportunities not coming in, maybe money, not coming in, you keep hitting feelings. Um, maybe it's, you know, the feeling of of I'm just stuck and nothing's changing, but in order to get to that place of releasing external resistance, you have to release the internal resistance, which, is, which will show up like the overthinking, trying to control things, mm-hmm. um, judgment. A- essentially, it's any attachment that you have to an expectation or outcome. When you release that, that's when you can get into flow. And everything, all of the abundance that is for you will flow to you.
0: Okay. So I have, you know, I'll speak specifically to me because I love this. Right. And my question becomes, you know, when you can release that internal resistance, right. How do you determine between, you know, divine timing versus whether or not you're, you know, whether or not you have, or haven't release that internal resistance. So I equate it to this, right? Is it's imagine if you're about to, you know, you order something on Amazon Prime and then two days go, you know, and we don't think about it. We just, we just know it's going to show up in two days, but then all of a sudden it's seven days later, 10 days later. And you have that moment of like, wait a second, I need to go and find out what happened to my package. You know, so how do you determine whether or not the work that you're doing to release is actually working or there's still stuff there to do? Yeah,
1: so there's always going to be evolution or expansion. That is the whole purpose of existence is to expand and to experience more of itself. And that hap- that's on an individual level. Mm -hmm. and also a macro or universal level. That's what's happening. That's why we're seeing more diversity. Nature loves diversity. So what the challenge then becomes is while still having desires, allowing yourself to also be present and in gratitude of what is in the now. So we can always be thinking about when I have that, when I have you know the, the six figure, seven figure business, when I have this car, when I have this partner, then I'll be happy. But that's opposite of how things work. When you are happy or committed or grateful, so on and so forth, when you are caring, when you are being those characteristics, then you are going to be doing things. You're going to be expressing certain behaviors, certain aligned actions with who you're being that are going to be effortless because they're just an expression of who you are, right? Like I'm a speaker. I didn't have to effort my way into having this conversation with you. Like, of course I'm doing this. I'm a speaker. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher. This is what I do. It's just an expression of (laughs) me. And then because of that, I will have, right? So I will have more followers. I will have more clients coming to me. I will have more speaking opportunities coming because I'm just expressing who I authentically am i'm in alignment giving me authentic power which is incredibly charismatic and and magnetic and all of us have access to that
0: that was the word that came to me magnetic it's like being in a room with those people that you just don't know why but you want to go talk to them and stand next to them yes and we all have access to that Absolutely. In our different ways.
1: So not everyone is here to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is here to be a speaker. Not everyone is here to, you know, we have this idea that, oh, you can be anything you want to be.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, okay. But is that going to be fulfilling to you? Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) it's not. Mm -hmm. I tried to push and force my way into med school. Like I, worked my butt off. I was pre-med and it was hard. It was so hard, but it was like, oh, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to prove that I'm worthy. I'm going to prove that I can do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to have doctor in front of my name, right? It was all about, about status or about what people wanted and expected from me. And also there was some rebellion in that. Like, I'm going to show people they were wrong about me right where now I'm just I I do what is like sales is natural for me um speaking is very natural to me performing being on a stage is my natural expression and so now it's just about monetizing that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah or you know for me I I I think of me, right, is that I started off being like a musical theater performer, but I'm a huge believer that you have to love the process of anything that you do more than the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I I recognize now that I still have those traits. I'm still doing all those things. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, I, I, that, that essence of me didn't change. It's just manifesting in a different way.
1: Yeah, I love that you say that because... One of my principles is that you you follow what is in euphoria. Um, euphoria, there needs to be some redefinition. Most people think that it's ecstasy. It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. The actual original definition is a state of well-being,
0: mm.
1: which is you know it's like positive neutral. It's not as an extreme peak experience. It's just positive neutral. So when you are in alignment. You are going to be doing what is in euphoria, what is in your well-being. So it's going to feel like a natural expression of you. You're not going to have to force it. You're not going to have to try so hard. You're not going to have to you know, be thinking, oh, if I just push through this, when I hit that goal, then I'll be happy. No, you allow yourself to do what it is that makes you happy now and then that is what becomes magnetic and pulls in opportunities, money, you know, more happiness, more yeah. abundance because you are being that now.
0: Mm. Yes. Now, just you know, out of curiosity, how do you navigate between you know this is such a masculine energy type of question to ask? What am I can like already sense it? Um, is that you know I think too when we start talking about this, is that people start getting into this finite because we're just you know this or that type of. Th- ways of thinking, they start to be like, oh my gosh, if I get you know relentless positivity, if I start to feel bad, that means that I'm gonna attract negative things. I need to be positive all the time oh, you know and then they like work themselves up into a state of like, I'm happy, I'm happy. You can't see my face for those of you listening, but I'm like, you know white knuckling the sense of I'm happy, right? So how do you process and move through external circumstances that are gonna hit you? Yeah,
1: I see that especially because people automatically lump, oh, you're a shaman, you're in the spiritual community. I don't operate inside of the spiritual community all that much actually. (laughs) Um, But I get this a lot where people are like, love and light, love and light, love and light, ah, yeah. And And there's just no groundedness or reality happening there. So what we have to understand about emotions is that number one, we are not our emotions. Our emotions are an energy that is a communication to us about an area that we've bumped into what I would call like your box, Mm -hmm. okay? You bumped into an area that has a sore or a wound or um, something that, that can be released or moved through. That is the purpose of the emotion, but also it's an energy that's meant to be in motion, energy in motion. So what that means is when we don't honor, recognize, validate the emotion, we don't move through it. We then suppress it. And then that begins to affect who we're being. But if we move through them, we allow ourselves to feel (laughs) when we allow ourselves to feel, then it begins to dissolve and be integrated. And then our, you know, our, our baseline still remains in that kind of positive, neutral,
0: neutral, yeah,
1: positive, neutral. That means if you look at it, it's, it's more of like an average, Mm. right? It's like an average of your energy. It's not that Oh, if anytime you feel terrible, you're completely throwing yourself out of whack. No, it's that an average amount of time you are in neutral positive, but you can't fake your way to that. You have to actually feel the emotions, move through them, release them so that now you can experience that neutral way of being. You will still feel. There's no level, like I I have yet to discover anyone in a body who is not experiencing what it means to be human which comes with challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, really awful circumstances, so on and so forth. But anytime I see those, um, I allow myself to also experience a little bit of gratitude and joy around Some of my dark, you know, dark emotions, because what that tells me is because this is a a universe in which there's polarity, the depths of which I have experienced darkness is also the same, that same level of magnificence
0: and euphoria and
1: happiness and gratitude also exists.
0: I love that. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. And I, you know, I'm curious, you know, in your opinion, since we have access to that, why does it seem, and this is my interpretation, but why does it seem that most people struggle to access those, you know, the knowing of that and developing the intuition and and developing that, you know, the sense of gratitude and working through it? it feels like it's almost reserved for an elite few.
1: Yeah. The obstacle, which is really an opportunity, is that most of us, um, so in the spiritual context, context, we understand that we have what's called an ego, which is where your personality lives. Um, It's where your identity, who you see yourself as, right? Like your name, the, the memories you have, your height, your gender, like all of that falls into that category. And this is also connected with the thinking mind. Cough, cough, the masculine aspect of you. Um, (laughs) Our yang aspect. And the entire purpose of this aspect of us is number one, to ground us in having a physical experience in being able to have an individual experience. So it keeps us This part of us keeps us separate to keep that experience. And it's also concerned with ensuring our safety as an individual. Okay. So this part of us is always looking for problems, Mm -hmm. potential problems. It's the part of us that worries about what could go wrong. It's the part of us that is constantly thinking and analyzing and judging because it's determining based on what's happening or what has happened,
0: what it is trying to predict what the future is going to be. That's exact. I do that all the same. <laughs> that is like, you literally just described my day.
1: Yes. So that's, that is how it functions. That's its purpose. And it's, it's a beautiful purpose. We need it in order to be human. And in order to survive, it has some benefits. However, what it does is it begins from that place generating reality. So now it's generating a reality with where you're basically predicting the awful things <laughs> in your mind to be ma- made manifest. Not always, but sometimes that's coming to fruition because you're thinking, which is then creating emotions, anxiety, anxiousness, jealousy, anger, etc. cetera. And when you don't move through those emotions, then they become who you're being, your, the, your energy, the energy you're walking around with. So what we have to understand is that the more that we recognize when that's happening and bring consciousness to it, bring awareness to, oh, this is the aspect of me that's trying to keep me safe. It's trying to predict what's going to happen, da 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 da. But understanding that it's only able to predict based off of very limited perspective, meaning what it's already seen before. And even worse, how it perceived that, how it chose to perceive that situation, which is not what it's not actual reality. At any given time, we can only perceive about 2% of reality. Literally, 2%. Wow. This is science. I'm not making this up. This is actual science. <laughs> 2%. 2%. And there are infinite possibilities of what we can make an experience mean. So when certain things begin popping up in your life and you're seeing them as an obstacle, this is blocking me, this isn't happening for me. Why does this pattern keep popping up? What you need to do is number one, recognize that that's what's happening. Number two, choose is that actually serving me and growing? Because that aspect of you wants to keep you safe and it's gonna keep you small. It's gonna keep you experiencing the same things again again and again and as horrible as that might sound to that part of you that's safe because at least it knows Mm -hmm. yes so in that second stage you have to choose well what else could I make this mean what else can I make this mean and choosing a, a meaning that is more expansive for you and also has a more expansive ripple effect because we are impact, we're always impacting each other. And then from there, the third step is to take aligned, incremental action,
0: not massive action. (laughs) Which is, most people don't say that. Most people don't talk about that. They don't talk about the incremental action. Well, what does that look like? What's the difference between incremental and and massive? Would you say?
1: So the massive action will sometimes happen as a result of the incremental, but Mm -hmm. I would liken this to how everyone makes a new year's resolution. This is the year I'm going to get fit. (laughs) I'm going to get fit. I'm going to work out five days a week, every single week, right out of the gate. Right. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that maybe they do that for the first two or three days. Maybe they do a week, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next week, what happens? Oh, something comes up. Maybe they don't feel well. They're like super sore. They're like, eh, okay. I'm <laughs> stay. And then before they know it, it's January, end of January, and they haven't been to the gym in three weeks. <laughs> Basically what happens? And they do this again and again and again. So the what's happening is that they didn't become the kind of person who works out as a natural expression, of them, right? Mm-hmm. This is a personality or identity that you need to embody. So whenever I do this with clients, I love to play with like alter egos. Mm-hmm. So in this example, if you were, you know, we play around with, if you were someone who had the identity of I'm a fit person, How would you move in your day? What decisions would you make? How, I always start with like the most ridiculous small thing. How would you get dressed? Mm. What clothes would you pick? Um, Would you listen to music? What what music would you listen to? What uh, food would you have in the morning? I feel like food's a really easy one. How would you shower? Is there a different way that you would shower? And by starting with these little incremental things, that begins to have a snowball effect and it becomes almost like this little game, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe you, now because you see yourself as a fit person, maybe instead of dressing in what I'm wearing today, by the way, I do work out, but (laughs) today is not that day. Um, (laughs) uh, Maybe you, maybe you decide like, oh, if I was a fit person, I would probably be, Um, in athletic wear or at least athleisure to be ready to to, like go for a walk, right? And so maybe you put those clothes on the first day. Maybe the second day you're like, well, I would probably put on, also put on like some running shoes. So you're gonna next day put on instead of regular clothes, you're gonna put on athleisure and you're gonna put on your running shoes. Third day, now you're gonna go just that 1% more. Oh, well, maybe today um, in addition to that, I would also... Uh, maybe grab my keys and, and open the door like I'm going to the gym. Mm. Fourth day, then I'm gonna actually go out to my car. Mm. And what happens is by that like fifth, sixth, seventh day, you're like, well, I'm already sitting outside of the gym.
0: Mm. I
1: might as well go in. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just let myself work out like just five minutes. Mm. And if you work out like five minutes, that was five minutes than you did before. Yeah. And you allow it. You give yourself permission for it not to be huge. And what happens is, when you stop having the attachment to it has to be huge, it has to look a certain way, then you actually end up
0: doing more because now you're allowing
1: flow to happen.
0: Yeah, we're conditioned. It's it's part of our society is that we're conditioned to get into this all or nothing life with working out business, it's just, it's either. And then what happens is we start to believe that it has to be hard in order for it to work. Yes. Which is the opposite <laughs> of what really needs to happen.
1: Right, I mean, I I perceive that for sure it's probably gonna be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. So yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be hard there's a difference there you don't have to have a force push energy which takes like 10 20 times more energy mm-hmm. but if you just allow it to be uncomfortable, uncomfortable and be like okay I'm just I'm a little bit uncomfortable because maybe I haven't you know I haven't worked out in a, in a year okay yeah. that's okay but it doesn't have to be hard maybe it's just you allow yourself to move
0: mm-hmm
1: Give yourself permission to just, well, what what would it look like? I play, play this all the time. What would it look like if I just allowed myself to move? What would it look like if I just allowed myself to create something without it having to fit certain standards, box, et cetera, And usually it will end up becoming so much more than what that box even started out as. Hmm.
0: So powerful. I want to be mindful of your time. So I have just a couple of questions left. This one is, You know, given what we've talked about today in terms of, you know, who these people are being and you yourself as a seven plus figure earner, you've also worked with so many different eight figure earners, seven figure earners, six figure, five figure. What are some of the biggest differences in ways of being from the people that are at the high level from the people that are starting or just beginning or struggling?
1: Hmm. Oh, there's so many of them, <laughs> so, so, so many of them. Um, I would say that one of the biggest things that I, that I see is that uh, those at the seven, eight figure plus level tend to look for simplicity. They tend to search for, um, I, I see it when they like make investments. This is the, a huge difference when they make investments. When uh, potential clients who are maybe not even yet at the six figure level or at the six figure level, they will tend to ask questions around how how much am I getting out of this? Mm. right mm. They want it they want everything in in something that's that's very small. They want it all in something very small where at the higher levels they tend to want, They're just looking for that 1%. Mm. They're looking for that one little nugget that then they can take and create it all. Mm. So the difference there is that they see themselves as the creator of their reality, that they're taking little seeds and they're planting them and that now those are growing versus wanting someone to hand them- The tree. The tree already grown. And they're, they're willing to wait for it. So I have clients at the higher levels. You know, my clients at the higher levels invest six figures plus to work with me one-on-one. And the aligned client at that level is very patient and knows like when you make an investment, that's, that's a real investment, it's not going to have a return on your investment necessarily that first month.
0: And they're not afraid to make it.
1: And they're not afraid of it. They're the easy, honestly, I'm going to tell you, it's the easiest sell. Oh yeah. Easiest sell if they are, and it's not every single person that's at that level that thinks this way, but the ones who really are aligned at that level, they, they, they know, and they're seeking they're seeking challenge. They're seeking for someone to, who has a, 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 an unbiased view to challenge them. They want to be wrong. They're looking for, wait, what, how am I being wrong? Versus um, looking for things that just further affirm who they already are. Mm. They're not just seeking what, what feels good. They want. Yeah. They're, they're seeking, they're seeking challenge. And that's a character trait that when I see that in someone who isn't yet at six figures, like I know that that person is likely going to do amazing things because it's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. It's literally just a matter of time before it happens, but seeing yourself as the creator of your reality of your life versus always being the victim to Hmm. this is the status of the economy. This is what my clients are doing to me. This is what Hmm. my audience wants. So on
0: and so forth. That is so powerful. Uh, okay. So two questions. Hopefully they're fast. Number one is we talked a lot about, you know, male energy and feminine energy. Do you find that you need to spend a lot of time with your masculine clients or your male clients and helping them get access to the feminine energy? It's so funny. Um,
1: I like my peer group is mostly masculine and they, um, I I love being around them because number one, it's just so easy to allow myself to be in the feminine. And Um, and I just bring something very different to those, like, you know, I'm in really high level masterminds. And I I just love, love, I love masculine. Okay. Um, but now it's so interesting. I have at this point, zero male clients. I have none because, um, although it, it is important for the masculine to also integrate their feminine aspect. The most important thing to the balance of of humanity and individual health and well-being is for feminine-essenced beings to develop and be in their feminine. That has the greater effect, actually. Because if you, I want you to imagine if this was on a scale and you're a feminine essence being, I'm saying it that way because there are some some people who are feminine-essenced who are in a, what we would determine a masculine body. But if you're a feminine essence being, then your way is to be mostly like majority of the time feminine in your feminine, maybe, I don't know. Let's throw a number out there. 70%. Okay. And let's imagine that you are only ever like 10% in your feminine, which is actually like a lot. A lot of feminine essence beings are almost never in their feminine. Mm -hmm. That is going to cause so many issues in your relationships, in your business, in your your well-being, in your mental health, in your physical health versus a masculine essence being who maybe only needs to be in their feminine 30% of the time, right? But are only in it 10%. The, the difference, right? Mm-hmm. For a masculine, maybe it's 20% difference, but for a feminine essence being, that's like a
0: 60%
1: difference out of alignment.
0: hmm hmm Okay. That's amazing. So amazing. Last question. For someone who is brand new to this, they met, ne- this is like, they were listening to this podcast and your mind is blown. What is the first Step you would recommend them take to shifting their identity going, going through this process? Oh,
1: perfect question, because I have a solution for this. <laughs> so the very, very first step is to understand what level of consciousness, what level of self-awareness you're operating in currently because it's very difficult to develop your intuition or to know, am I in my masculine or my feminine and so on and so forth. If you are not developing your level of consciousness. So I actually have created an amazing quiz, which by the way, it's this awesome lead magnet, which has like 72% of people take this quiz, which Um. is unheard of.
0: Yeah. Like, insane it's an amazing little quiz i was like oh i need to know what, where how do i find out where i am you said it like i yeah. need to know. tell me <laughs> yes yes
1: so you need to take this quiz um there are there are five stages it's going to tell you what stage you are in also some of the the common pillars at that stage the challenges at your stage and also a few key points of what you can focus on to actually expand your consciousness in that arena And there's a little bonus custom activation, which will help you. It's a little video that will help you in further expanding your level of consciousness. And so you can either find that on my website or at bit.ly backslash Royal Shaman quiz.
0: Amazing. I'm going to take it right now. Chorus, we're going to link all of that into the show notes. And so Mukozi, this has been a dream. So you started to lead it, us to tell us where can we find more about you? Where's the best place that I can send my people to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, these days I mostly live on the Instagrams. So <laughs> you can find me at the Royal Shaman. Also at my website, theroyalshaman.com. Those are the, the main places that, that you can find me, but I'm also on YouTube as well. Oh, you are? Amazing. I, ha- I, have, I haven't posted a video in a while. <laughs> in a while. Makosi, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. So fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at vsimpsonfitness.com